Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. I'm uh, doing my devotional a little bit earlier today because I'm off to do a school assembly uh, in a few minutes up in Long Sutton. But I'm going to read uh, Zechariah chapter 2 and uh, just reading a few verses starting in verse 4. And there it says um, that, uh, run, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Come, come, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have scattered you to the four winds of heaven, declares the Lord. Come, O Zion, escape, you who live that in you who live in the daughter of Babylon. For this is what the Lord Almighty says after he has honored me and has sent me against the nations who, that have plundered you. For whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. I will surely raise my hand against them so that their slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Shout and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Let me just read to you an account of a tribe um, in uh, a particular part of Sudan. And it was a war-torn village uh, called uh, Charlie in Sudan. And it was one of the first missionary stations in that country and from there, the Yuduk tribe uh, were converted to Christianity and uh, Charlie became the base for missionary activity in the country. But in 1996, it was attacked by the forces of the Islam- Islamic national government. The church building was blown apart. Bibles were torn up. The pages were used to roll cigarettes. Most of the men were killed, many by crucifixion. It was a terrible thing. And all of this because of their faith in Christ. Now, this would lead some, obviously, to question God's ability to protect his people. And we can think of places in the world today where that might be true as well. But the Eudics themselves do not question this about God. When rebels captured Uh, Charlie in 2000, the Christians returned and the first thing they did was to rebuild the church building and they gathered daily for prayer and for worship and uh, of God's sufficiency, their pastor, Simon Mahmood, remarks, we have nothing but we have everything. And I find that story incredibly inspiring and helpful because it tells me two things. First of all, that the Christians uh, within that town were eternally secure and safe because even though they passed away, nevertheless, they're surrounded by a supernatural wall of fire. They're eternally safe. They are with God forever. Tragic though it is. 
And the second point that we see here is that the church there in that village was secure and safe as well. Nobody can crush the church. No one can destroy the church. The church will bounce back because the church is surrounded by a supernatural wall of fire. And such is the message in this third vision of Zechariah that we have, that Zechariah had on that one night in January or February 2021 in his visions that he had that night. He saw a vision of the city of God that would be rebuilt from the ashes and which would be supernaturally surrounded, not by physical walls, but by the very presence of God depicted in fire. And we see actually that uh, God protects his people and that comes out furthermore in that wonderful verse that we read in verse eight, that whoever touches uh, you touches the apple of his eye. The church is the apple of God's eye. The eye is one of the most protected parts of the body. If anything comes towards your eyes, you will automatically flinch and protect your eyes because they are uh, they are so important. And God feels that way about his church. Whoever touches him, whoever touches his church, is touching the very apple of his eye. That picture is found also in Deuteronomy chapter 32, where it says that God encircled and cares for his people and kept them as the apple of his eye. One of my favourite old commentators, David Barron, says of this passage that you are loved of him with the same love which he with which he loves his only begotten son and you are as dear and in, indispensable to him as the dearest member of your body can be to you you may therefore apply this figure to us as individuals and pray with david keep me as the apple of thine eye hide me under the shadow of thy wings. We are protected and loved dearly by God as the apple of his eye. So that's the first characteristic of this church. It is protected. I'm probably not going to get through all five. Let's see. The second is that this church is ever expanding. It's an expansive church. It is spreading out to the left and right across the countryside. It can't be contained within the original walls of the city. It's going to grow and grow. And that is the destiny of God's church as well. We may only be able to fit 30 people in Church Crook and Community Centre right now, but the day will come when God's church will again grow and flood out and flow over across the communities of our world. The third thing we see about this church is not only protected by God, it's not only expanding, but thirdly, it is a multinational church. We read in verse 11 that many nations will come. This city, this new Jerusalem, the church will be filled with people from every nation. As it tells us in Revelation 7, every nation and tribe and tongue and language bowing before God and declaring salvation belongs to our God. And that leads me to my fourth characteristic of the church, which is that it is a place of joy and praise. We read in this passage in verse 10, shout and be glad, O daughter 
of Zion. It is a place of rejoicing. The church is not boring and dull. The church is not a place where you're not allowed to sing and it's all. No, it's supposed to be a place of singing and rejoicing and gladness. It's not like, you know, well, we've left worldly pleasures behind and now we're just all miserable. Far from it. The church is the most joyful place in the entire earth. It is a wonderful place. Shout and be glad, O daughter of Zion. And the fifth and final characteristic of this church is this, that God is in her midst. It tells us in verse five, I myself will be its glory within. God himself will dwell within this church. And it tells us in verse 10 that shout and be glad for I am coming and I will live among you declares the Lord. You will be my people and I will live among you, it says again in verse 11. We read that in Revelation 21, don't we? That this is a church in which, uh, let me just read it quickly to you. It's wonderful. It says there, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. The most wonderful thing about the church is not the ABC of church, attendance, buildings, um, cash, but it is G-L-O-R-Y, the glory of God. That's what makes the church a wonderful place. That's how we measure a church that we want to be part of, not by attendance, A, or uh, buildings or or cash, but the glory of God amongst his people. That is what we're looking for in church life, his manifest glory. And so how do we respond to all of this? Well, I'll leave it for Joshua to say a bit more, I'm sure, tomorrow. But I would say the answer is we want to be part of this thing. We want to flee. It tells us in verse six and seven, ho, ho, he says. It's kind of like, wake up, wake up, leave Babylon and come to Jerusalem. Leave the world and come in to this glorious place, this protected place, this multinational place, this ever growing and expanding place, this place that's full of joy and rejoicing, this place in which God dwells uniquely in her midst. This is the place that you want to come to. You want to leave behind everything else. Nothing else is as satisfying as coming in and being part of this glorious church whose future is guaranteed. And so let us pray. Lord, we do thank you that we are safe and secure eternally in um, in the walls of your city. We thank you that you dwell amongst us. I pray that today each of us would know your glory dwelling amongst us, that we would know your presence with us, that we would look forward also to your church growing and being that wonderful place that you want it to be, full of people from every nation, every tribe and every tongue. So we commit ourselves to you this day. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen.